Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller. My guest today is Linda Modica. She is president of the Irwin Citizens Awareness Network related to Irwin, Tennessee, the home of nuclear fuel services for the past 62 years. There are some new plans in the works for a new system at nuclear fuel services, and Linda and her group have a beef with that. Welcome, Linda. What's going on with this new plan for Irwin, Tennessee at NFS? It's new. It really is new. Nuclear Fuel Services has, as its usual operations, a a production line for fuel for the nuclear Navy. And it has done that for the past, uh, since, well, for the past several decades. And it is now embarking on a project that would be equivalent to what's done at the nation's major bomb plant, and that is um, at Y-12 in Oak Ridge. This process that they are, um, they have been given a contract from the National Nuclear Security Administration, which is NNSA for short, which is the agency of the Department of Energy, which manages the country's nuclear arsenal. So the NNSA has granted nuclear fuel services a contract to purify uranium. Now, Teresa, I have to admit that, and it's really not so much an admission, it's a handicap that the members of, of the public have. And that's that these processes are classified. The production of nuclear weapons for the United States is a classified process. It is, we don't know exactly what is done at Y-12, but what we do know is that nuclear fuel services has said that it is going to use what's called the Ames process, which was developed during the Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project was the name given to the the what's called the nuclear enterprise, uh, during which they developed the scientists and the government officials developed the bomb, which were first dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So the Ames process is for the development is for the um, purification of uranium, so that the uranium will be uh, we can put air quotes in what I'm about to say purified to um, more exquisitely, let's say, more effectively, let's say, more destructively, for sure, let's say explode the bomb so this so i have to but i have to again say that the exact operation we do not know we don't even know really exactly what they do uh, and have done for for several decades now um since the inauguration of the um the the uh nuclear navy we don't know exactly how how they produce navy fuel so what you're saying is that this process is develop is to develop uranium 
that is to to be used for bombs is your objection yes. to making bombs or is your objection more than that more than that this is um part of what we know one of the things that we do know uh because in this process as a as a member of the public let's say what's is what we are allowed to know what the public is allowed to know is in its in the company's application to the nuclear regulatory commission for its license amendment the license amendment is in order for for nuclear fuel services to conduct this new process and so in its application for a license amendment to its special nuclear mater- materials license it needs to provide certain information to the nuclear regulatory commission which is the uh, is the organization of the government that is supposed to be the watchdog for the for companies that manage and for companies that process nuclear material we know because in their application in nfs's application to the nuclear regulatory commission that there will be new processes developed and so this is these are experimental again on our water on our air on our people on the southern appalachians once again in and this so that is that is one aspect of of this it's an environmental injustice um on a low income community in southern appalachia on a river into which they discharge their nuclear waste nuclear fuel services has a permit to discharge nuclear waste and chemical waste into the nolachucky river which is the source of drinking water for tens of thousands of people downstream jonesboro takes its drinking water supply out of out of the nolachucky greenville takes its water supply out of the nolachucky and then it's piped to um to countless families in the well not countless but tens of thousands of families in 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 Washington and Green counties. So what I wanted to ask you is you're talking about processing uranium, processing developing bombs and you don't like that this is coming to Irwin. You're talking about the military industrial complex, the war machine in this country and why do you think you can stop this except that it seems to me like your environmental concerns might get taken seriously however nuclear fuel services has been operating for 62 years they haven't been shut down yet so somebody thinks they're doing okay so how do you think you can stop this it's a good question good question um we don't know uh to answer to answer your question but we know we have to try we well let me speak as a as myself um rather than as erwin citizens awareness network when it became a when it became when it became clear 
that this was a new this was the transfer from a federally uh, a federal facility, Oak Ridge, uh, Oak Ridge, the uh, uh, National Nuclear Security Administration site at Y twelve, the premier bomb plant in of of the United States. When it became clear that this process was going to go to a private corporation, which is, as you said, part of the military-industrial complex, those of I thought, well, first of all, this is craziness from all kind for all kinds of reasons. Nuclear fuel services is on an 82-acre site total. Total. That includes the 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 green space that includes the um, uh, the area along the road their their secure location is within that 27 or so acres compare that to y12 which is on 3000 acres within another 300,000 acres or, you know, some massive amount that is in miles, square miles of space, it made absolutely no sense from a security standpoint. And so, so that was one thing. Another thing is that, that I have as an anti-nuclear activist and a disarmament campaigner for many, many years, um, have been watching the government institute what we were opposed to back in the uh, during the Obama administration, the so-called modernization of the nuclear weapons complex. Uh, this is a, um, a proposal that is ongoing now that will spend something like, well, the initial proposal was to spend a trillion dollars over 30 years. Now, with inf- uh, even before the, the current spike in, in, in inflation, the, the costs were ratcheting up to, and so now it's the proposal is much closer to two trillion. We are talking trillion, trillions, two trillions of taxpayer dollars being spent on the modernization of of the nuclear weapons complex. A lot of that money in in the billions has been spent on the modernization of the Y-12 complex. Uranium processing facility is one of those uh, places where the initial cost estimate was something like five billion dollars it's up to now it's not even finished yet um in terms of putting the the processes into into place now up to the cost of something like eight billion dollars and so we've been watching this we've been watching this over the past um decade or or so watching the government spend billions and billions of dollars on nuclear complex modernization let me interrupt you for a second because I'd like to bring it back down to the Irwin question because you're mm-hmm. concerned. You mentioned being concerned about the water and the air and the effect on the people and the workers in Irwin. And as mm-hmm. I said in the beginning, 
nuclear fuel service has been operating there for 62 years. Is there any evidence that there has been harm or damage to the environment or to the people or to the workers in Irwin? There have been studies, yes. The Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry has done a public health assessment in uh, that was done in in 2007 and i and that public health assessment which i was involved in making the application for to get the atsdr here found that nuclear fuel services it was a public health hazard based on past conditions the reason that it, that they called it an indeterminate public health hazard, the ATSDR for short, is a uh, public health organization of, of the government that has also been called indeterminate by design uh, or indec- indecisive by design. But we did our best to present, and hundreds of people came out, by the way, Hundreds of people came out from from the from the area um, at a number of different meetings that the ATSDR held in our area, and many many people came out to express their concerns about the health impacts of nuclear fuel services. What evidence is there of these hazards? The evidence was that. Drinking water has been contaminated by nuclear fuel services. And so a number of the the people who testified to the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry put forward their information about the contamination of the water. The The big concern was... And one of the reasons why the ATSDR called the called NFS a public health hazard, indeterminate public health hazard based on past conditions was because there was a spring and there is a spring uh, that was uh, that's called Banner Hill Spring that is now fenced off. But at the t- at one point in in Irwin's history, it was available to the to the public to collect their collect collect water. It was not yet a part of the public utility system. The town of Irwin takes its drinking water from wells and springs. So you're saying that there are studies that quantify problems, pollution, contamination of the water. The ATSDR did not do independent sampling. They don't do that. They did a number of surveys of people who had the information. They had a number of meetings. They um, collected public information that uh, that was available. They did a tremendous amount of research. In their conclusion, in their report, that it wasn't only the plutonium that could very well have contaminated Banner Hill Spring, which people had access to for decades after nuclear fuel services had been producing plutonium um, and processing plutonium 
right at a plant at a plant right next to Banner Hill Spring and discharged its waste onto the in in some cases onto the ground and certainly through its stacks and which resulted in fallout contaminating the groundwater but the ATSDR also looked at chemicals and they said that there would there is a concern about the mixture of chemicals that the company uses and discharges into the air and water so that for all of those reasons uh, they they cons- the ATSDR found that NFS was an indeterminate public health hazard let me remind listeners that i'm speaking today with linda modica who is president of the Irwin Citizens Awareness Network, what we're talking about is a plan for nuclear fuel services in Irwin to begin a process of higher enriched uranium purification, basically making uranium for bombs. And Linda and her organization are trying to stop this. And so far we've talked about security reasons, uh, the general cost of weaponry and the nuclear complex nuclear power costs, and safety. She's talking about contamination of a mix of chemicals, some uranium in soil samples, and other concerns about safety. So, Linda, can we have you talk as much as you can sum it up about where things stand in your process now to try to stop this expansion of NFS in Irwin? Just recently, Irwin Citizens Awareness Network's attorney, Terry Lodge, has filed an appeal of the decision that was handed down by the Atomic Safety and Licensing Board. The decision uh, denied our request for a hearing, which would have been based on four different contentions. And one of one of the major contentions that we have is regarding safety. The nuclear weapons complex in Oak Ridge is managed by currently by a, a major corporation, which require is required by the federal government to to have a quality assurance program instituted throughout the plant. So one of the one of the great shortcomings of nuclear fuels services is that it does not have a quality assurance program. It is in serial violation of Nuclear Regulatory Commission requirements, which are many, and they are in regular, regular violation of them. Can you say the name of that corporation? Just, I'd have to look it up. They they change uh, BWXT, by the way, the owner of Nuclear Fuel Services had been the head of the operations or the corporation that had the contract to manage all of all of the Oak Ridge National Security site. They were fired. B, it used to be called Babcox and Wilcox or B&W. Babcox and Wilcox, the current owner of Nuclear Fuel Services, was fired by the National Nuclear Security Administration in 2012 when the Transform Now Plowshares action happened at, at um, in Oak Ridge. And so now the company, Babcox and Wilcox, owns Nuclear Fuel Services, is being given a contract to process uh, uranium for the bomb. And that's that is another problem with this picture. So what you're saying is you don't trust that company based on their 
previous record and you your lawyers have filed an appeal when will you know what do you what is what are you expecting next on march 21st in this process the atomic safety and licensing board allows the company nuclear fuel services and also nuclear regulatory commission staff to argue against the public. And, and uh, they have been, and they have a chance again. So by March 21st, they need to have their briefs in to the Atomic Safety and Licensing Board. Then it goes to the full commission of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. The commission has a chairman named Hansen and four commissioners. So those five people then will judge the merits of this case. It sounds like that we're going to need to do a follow-up on this, but for, before we discontinue this conversation today, I'd like for you to just tell me a little bit about what got you interested in the issue and concern about nuclear power and nuclear weaponry and got you into the position of being such a long-term activist against the nuclear industry. Probably comes from birth. I was born in Manhattan, and my parents were the superintendents of an apartment building, a walk-up apartment building. Uh, so we lived in the ground floor rooms, and my mother uh, was a stay-at-home mom for my sister and me and uh, was responsible for, for maintaining the building, which included possibly, and I'm not sure of this exactly, but this was during the Cold War. Sure of this exactly, but at that time, New York City was expected to be the target for a nuclear attack. And so there were air raids and there were civil defense drills. And it's possible that my my apartment building on East 94th Street, which was before it was a fashionable neighborhood, but instead of, of Eastern European immigrants like my family were, um, it is highly likely that there was an air raid shelter in either in my building or or in an in an adjacent building. I don't remember it exactly. I do remember though when I we moved to New Jersey and I was the younger of two girls, so I was the one who slept downstairs and checked on the provisions um, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, which again we just lived on the other side of the Hudson from from Manhattan. And so would have definitely been in the not directly in the blast zone, but but um, but close enough. And so so as a nine or ten year old, um, I was the one who went down to the our basement, which was a deep basement. We had preparations down there for of the canned milk, the canned tuna, you know, the bottled water, you name it, um, preparing for the possibility of a nuclear attack and so it's so so it's from from childhood i guess you could say that um uh, uh, that i have been an anti-war activist and also an anti-nuclear activist so when did it take a more structured approach that you got involved i'm, I'm guessing college and protests or something like that i was a protester uh, i wore a black armband um when I was a junior in high school, uh, to uh, to in opposition to the invasion of Cambodia, so we, I grew up in a family that uh, where we 
read the papers, we watched the news, we talked about politics, and we talked about current events um, at the supper table. My both my parents were were union, and um, we were aware of later on what a what a, a local Sierra Club member. Uh, uh, and uh, environmental activists one time called a corporate corporatocracy um, that we that we lived in. I'm going to have to interrupt you again very quickly. What brought you to this area? Do you live in Irwin? No, I live I live ten miles from Irwin, and I live but I take my drinking water from the groundwater. Uh, we all live in the Nolichucky River Valley um, in the basin of the Nolichucky, which is the, and so uh, my water, my home's water, my family's water uh, are at risk. And what brought you to this area? We've been here uh, since 1984. My husband took a a position here and uh, we, uh, and so I've lived here more than half my, my, uh, my adult life. Well, certainly more than all, almost all of my adult life and uh, and uh, became engaged in environmental work with the, through the Sierra Club initially. My guest today has been Linda Modica. She is president of the Irwin Citizens Awareness Network, a longtime activist, had those experiences that I share with you from your youth of being afraid of when is the bomb going to drop and what are we going to do and what are we going to eat and what it's going to be like when we come out. So I know that and that shaped you and prompted your activism in the area of nuclear energy and nuclear warfare. It's um, impressive to see the dedication you have to your passion. Linda, thank you so much for being my guest today here on this conversation. And we will hopefully get an update on what goes on with this this appeal of the licensing for NFS to do this new process of nuclear uh, processing of uranium. So thank you once again. This has been This Conversation here on WEHC. If you missed part of this, would like to hear it all, you can go to wehcfm.com, click on the archive and podcast link, and you can hear this interview and other interviews from this conversation. This is 90.7 WEHC and also WISE NYSE. Thank you to the listeners for staying tuned to this fine station, and we'll see you the same time next week here on WEHC.